Welcome to the Magis Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. I have three questions for you this week. People tell me they like it when I give you homework, something concrete you can take home with you. So you got three questions to remember this week. The first question, I'll lead into that by introducing all of the readings for this Lenten season. Usually, the readings for Lent don't have a theme, but every third year, we get this set of readings that does have a theme. Each Sunday of Lent, the first reading from the Old Testament is going to touch upon the theology of covenant. The theology of covenant. There are many covenants throughout the Old Testament, and we're going to hear quite a few of them over these Sundays. Now, covenant is not a word that we use very much in our contemporary culture. I've really only heard it in the world of corporate banking. You know, you have covenants about your bonds if you're into big money. But we don't use the word ordinarily, so it's hard for us to know what does this word really refer to for the ancient peoples. Well, it's something like a contract. It's an agreement between two parties uh, with different terms that they each agree to, but it's not a business deal in our sense. It's much more about establishing a human relationship, a relationship where parties agree to care for one another, respect one another, protect one another, enter into a deeper human relationship together. And so what we see is that many of the authors of the Old Testament books return again and again to this idea of covenant. It's a metaphor for them. It's a way they have of expressing what God's relationship is like with us human beings. So they're saying God isn't off there in the clouds somewhere treating human beings arbitrarily or disregarding us. No, our God is a God of covenant love who wants to enter into an agreement, into a relationship with us that's very mutual, a relationship of love and care. So, my first question for you to take home is this. If you were going to pick out a metaphor or an image to describe your relationship with God right now at this point in your life, what would that metaphor be? What would that image be? So that's your homework assignment to ponder your own relationship with God and how would you characterize it in an image? So many people, at at least in the early stages of their life, imagine God as a judge (laughs) and we're the defendant. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? (laughs) Or God is a policeman watching to see if you're going to make a mistake and arrest you. Is God a parent and you're a child? Is God a friend? A distant friend or a close friend? Is God like a marriage partner for you? These are all different images for our relationship with God. What captures that for you? Because it's important to know that 
so that you know where you are and how you're being called to grow in that relationship. Second question. We'll look at the second question by looking at the actual covenant that is described in the first reading today. So this is the first covenant in the Old Testament. It's the covenant that God makes with Noah after the flood. And it's remarkable because it's not just a covenant with the people of Israel, with the Hebrew people. God says he's going to make a covenant with all the creatures of the earth, with all the animals, with the four-footed and the two-footed, with the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Every creature of the earth will be a partner in this covenant with God. And God promises that the forces of nature will never again turn against life and destroy life and threaten it. Amazing covenant. And we see in this that it's as if the natural world and all the creatures are the medium of God's relationship with us. The whole natural world is mediating God's love and care for us human beings in this covenant. We see this also in the gospel today. Jesus goes out into the desert for 40 days. That's the prototype for the church's season of Lent, 40 days of fasting and prayer. He leaves the towns, the villages, goes out into the wilderness, into solitude to pray and to fast. And we know the gospel says very clearly he's in the wilderness, he's among the wild animals. And in that place, in that solitude, in that prayer and fasting, he has a profound experience of God and of his own vocation. So that we see the very next thing in Mark's gospel is Jesus appears in Galilee proclaiming good news of God's love. Change your consciousness, change your mind, change your mind and heart and believe the good news of God's love. Where did he come up with that message? It was mediated to him through his experience of the natural world out there in the desert with the wild animals. Now, I'm not just saying this for the fun of it. (laughs) This is very, very important for us today. So my second question for you to take home, what is your relationship with the natural world and all the creatures? What is your relationship with the natural world and all the creatures in it? Is it leading you closer to God and God's ways? Revealing to you something about God and God's love for us? This is so important. Pope Francis has said again and again that the single biggest issue facing humanity right now is the conversion of heart that we need towards the natural world. The conversion we need to see the sacredness of all creatures in our environment. The conversion we need to come to a new commitment to care for the earth and for the environment. 
It's wonderful in this covenant that God promises that nature will never again destroy the human race. But I'm afraid we've come to a point where the human race is destroying nature. So we're called to a conversion, maybe like Jesus, to go into the desert and to renew our relationship with the natural world and how God is present to us in that. I got two very concrete ways for you to do that. They'll be in the announcements today also. Our green team has prepared a wonderful, simple two-page handout with ideas that you can do at home in your household to enter into a carbon fast, to reduce your carbon footprint. It's a very concrete way to reflect on and grow in your relationship with the natural world. You can find that on our website or in our e-newsletter. Also, this week on Tuesday night, we're going to have a movie night and watch a movie about Pope Francis's encyclical letter Laudato Si on care for the environment. It's really, really a beautiful film. I've seen it twice. So come to the movies, eat some popcorn, and think about your relationship with the natural world. Third question, a little bit different. This year, the U.S. bishops have proclaimed as a year of Eucharistic revival to deepen our understanding of the Eucharist. Now, I have a few theological bones to pick with them about how they're going about it, but leaving that aside, it's a good thing for us to always grow in our understanding and awareness of the wonderful mystery of the Eucharist. So what I'm going to try to do each week of Lent is say something about the Eucharist in light of the covenant that we hear about. So if this covenant is about God's presence and love for us mediated through the natural world, let's think about the Eucharist in that way. You know, the very basics, before you get into any theology or spirituality of the Eucharist at all, the, the simple basics of it are that it's part of the natural world. huh? It's wheat and grapes, bread and wine. It comes out of the earth, out of the soil. And the community of farmers who grow the wheat and grow the grapes, the community of humans who know how to turn that wheat into bread and bake it and turn those grapes into juice that ferment with yeast into wine. You know, I brought this along. I think we're so removed we forget that Eucharist is rooted in the earth. What do we get? The hosts come in a plastic tube, see? <laughs> the wine is in a bottle. We forget they come out of the ground. <laughs> They're products of the earth. They're part of the natural world. And what happens to them? Eating is part of the natural world, isn't it? All the animals of the earth eat. And so do we. The mystery that we take these products of the earth and we eat them and they become part of us. This begins to lay the theology, the spirituality for us of what the Eucharist is. So my third question to you, when you come up the aisle for communion, think about these natural, this natural basis of the Eucharist, that it's plants 
comes from the earth. Uh, let me just quote the prayer that the priest says on Sunday. You don't often hear it because we have music at the preparation of the gifts, but the priest says, Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have this bread to offer, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands. So the question is to think about that fundamental basis of the Eucharist in the natural world, what does it say to you about the mystery of God's love for us, the mystery of God's presence in all creation, the mystery of God's presence and love coming into us and becoming part of us? So there's your homework. Three questions. It's a lot to remember, but it'll get us started in this Lenten season. I've decided this week that one of the most important parts of my ministry as a priest is just to ask good questions. <laughs> okay, what was the first one? You remember the first question? What is an image or metaphor for God's relationship with you right now in your life? Question two, what is your relationship with the natural world and all the creatures? Is it leading you to God and God's presence in all things? And number three, the Eucharist. The Eucharist comes from the natural world. What does that say to you about the good news that Jesus proclaims? The reign of God, the power of God, is close at hand. Change your consciousness. Believe, trust in the good news of God's love for all humanity. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well and God bless.